This is the day that the Lord has made. We tried it last week. We're going to do it once more. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Friends, indeed, it is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in this incredible day. Welcome to worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member or visiting with us for the first time, we welcome you. Whether you are worshiping here in our sanctuary or joining us from home, we welcome you. It is a delight to be worshiping with you this day. If you are present in our sanctuary, there is a red folder in your pew. We invite you to note your presence with us. Pass it to your neighbors so they can do the same. And I do want to mention before you pass it, Mark your calendars this coming, excuse me, two weeks from today on September the 19th. That is our new rally day this year when Sunday school will return. We are going to have a picnic outside in our garden, our Grounded in Grace picnic on the 19th. If you are planning to attend that picnic, we are hoping to get a number so we can have lunch provided. Note picnic next to your name in that red folder and we will be sure to include you in our tally list as we prepare. I want you to know we are doing everything we can to ensure a safe opportunity to gather for education, for fellowship, and we really hope you will join us again two weeks from today, September 19th. There is more information about both Sunday school's return and the picnic in your bulletin that you can read about today. We are so excited. Lunch will be provided and all are invited to join us. It is with deep sadness, friends, but with the sure and certain hope of the resurrection that I inform you of the deaths of both Ray Bennett and Doreen McGarry. Both of these dear women died very recently, and both were longtime members here and very involved members here at Morrisville Presbyterian Church over the years. So please, please, in the days to come, in the weeks to come, keep the families of Ray Bennett and Doreen McGarry in your prayers. Friends, it is always a joy to worship our God, and what a privilege it is to be a part of God's church to be a part of God's work in the world every day, and especially this day. So let us continue to give a joyful, please join me in the call to worship as it's printed in your bulletin. Please stand. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. The voice of the Lord is over the waters and in the temple, God's people say glory. Sing to the Lord a new song. Let us worship God together. Friends, please join us singing hymn number 409, God is Here.
Beloved church, how great it is to hear the voices of all generations in this place and also far away. Friends, God is here in this place. So let us take time now to center ourselves in our gracious God and confess our sins using the prayer of confession as it is printed in your bulletin, followed by a time of silent confession. God of grace, you claim us as beloved children and call us to follow you, but we do not always live out this calling. We stifle the gifts you have given us rather than using them for your glory. We sidestep opportunities to offer kindness rather than showing love to our neighbors. We pretend we can do nothing to further justice in our world and shy away from taking risks for the sake of the gospel. Forgive us, Lord. Wash us in the waters of your love and transform us by your grace so that our lives might be pleasing to you. At the beginning, at the end, and in every time in between, the good news speaks to us of God's tender mercy and love for us. God comes not to punish, but to gift us with peace, not to judge, but to save us. Together, let us rejoice and proclaim the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to, to God. God. Alleluia. Amen. Beloved Church, as forgiven people, let us share the peace of Christ with one another as we have been practicing for some several weeks. The peace of Christ be with you and also with you. Let us share the peace of Christ. any young friends forward all the way up to the top of the center chancel for time for young disciples yes we do hello come on up come on up we're gonna space out today because we have a couple of people hello rory come on come on rory okay come on up you want to sit right there with your mom hello mj and ben hello you can come with your mom. Here, Tucker, you can come over a little bit. There you go. You're good right there. You're good right there. Hello, Isla. Hello, everybody. It's so good to see you. It's so good to see you. So today, in our Bible story, the prophet Isaiah talks about service. He talks about how we can help one another. And the way he does that is he kind of provides a list of things that God does for us. He kind of provides a list of chores. Do you know what chores are? Rory's head looked at me. You know what chores are? Yeah, you do. When, when I was your age, yeah, yeah, when I was your age, right, I did some chores for my family. It was a way for us to help one another, another to serve one another. We can make our beds. We can clean up after dinner. We can be nice to our brothers and sisters. Um, especially when our parents are a little busy, right? Right? And so God, uh, God has a list that I have here. 
in my bag. I came with a nice list. And Isaiah talks about some of these. See if you can see them. The first one that Isaiah talks about is to be bright, to be a light for the world, kind of like this candle, right? And then God also helps people see. God helps us see each other for all of the love we have for one another. Like glasses, exactly, Ben, exactly. And God also helps us be free, helps us to love one another and love ourselves, right? So that's some of the chores that God has for us and that God does for us. It's a way that we serve God and the way God helps us serve each other. Kind of like last week when we had all these backpacks up here, the church served the community. We donated over 50 backpacks and raised close to $1,800 for school supplies. It was a great way for us to serve. And so I'm wondering if we can serve one another this week, okay? You think we can do that? All right, all right, let us pray. Repeat after me. God, we thank you. God, we thank you. For people who help us. For people who help us. And for being able to help others. And for being able to help others. Amen. Amen. Well, this was a lot of fun. And I hope you continue the fun with Mr. Carpenter in the back for Time for Music. Okay? It's great to see you. You're welcome, Rory. Friends, let us pray together. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us, use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. And to that end, as we open your word this day and hear your word proclaimed, may all that we do be for your glory. May our hearts be open to you alone. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the prophet Isaiah. The 42nd chapter, beginning with the first verse. Listen for the word of God. Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth, and the coastlands wait for his teaching. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name, my glory I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. 
See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Years ago, the comedy duo Abbott and Costello entertained masses with, I imagine, a familiar sketch to you of who's on first, what's on second, I don't know is on third, but who's on first? Exactly. Who's on first? Well, why are you asking me? How should I know who's on first? Exactly. Well, here in the 42nd chapter of Isaiah, we've got some confusion about who is at the center of this text. Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. Here is my servant. But who is the servant? Well, this is my servant, but who is the servant? This is my servant, exactly. This is my servant. Clear as day, right? Well, a great deal of scholarly energy has gone into trying to figure out who it is that Isaiah calls servant in this first of several servant songs. Is it a historical figure of the time period? Cyrus, the Persian king, perhaps? Is Isaiah calling upon God's servant Israel, meaning all of Israel? Or is it a prophecy about the life and ministry of Jesus? Who is this servant? Again, much scholarly energy has gone into this question, into this particular task, and we could spend a whole day, if not weeks, talking about that, but I fear in this moment today, if we settle in there, we might risk missing the meat of this text and what it has to offer to our lives today. Because you see, as Paul Hansen puts it, the task is not so much to identify the servant, but to identify the nature of the response demanded of those who have received a call from God. In other words, this servant is one called by period. And if we dare to call ourselves Christians, called by God, we too are included amongst that group, called by God, then we too must be willing to hear the claim that this passage makes on our lives, regardless of who the servant is actually intended to be. Because in one way or another, whether it is us or not, we look to this servant and the call placed upon our lives within it. And the claim this passage makes, there is no secret about it, the claim this passage makes on our lives centers around the word justice. Justice, God's justice. Three times in just the first four verses, we are reminded the main work of the servant will center on justice. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. That's the first verse. He will faithfully bring forth justice. That's in the third verse. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth. Again in the fourth verse. Justice. Justice. Three times... Just in the first four verses, we are reminded of this hallmark of the prophets of Israel. Prophets who called for, perhaps even demanded, justice. In fact, all four writing prophets of the 8th century BCE, this is Amos, this is Hosea, this is Micah and Isaiah, all of them, all of them use this word justice in prominent places in their writing. Justice. Justice. We are bringing God's justice. We are called to usher in God's justice. 
And you might recall one of the more famous announcements about justice in Amos 5, when the Lord proclaims in exquisite metaphor the need for justice to roll down like waters. In the, with the prophet Amos, this claim is made that an evil Israel, meaning the people of God, an evil Israel needs nothing less than a purifying deluge of justice if it is ever going to become the community that Yahweh first intended it to be. Likewise, the later writing of Isaiah we read today, it predicts that bringing forth and establishing justice in the earth will be, without question, the primary business of this unnamed servant of God. Justice. Justice. But at the end of the day, what is this justice that God's servant will usher in? What does that justice look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like in the world? What is it that we are called to if we are to live into this call for justice? As John Holbert describes it, justice here in Isaiah is the chief sign of a nation blessed by Yahweh, by God. In such a nation where God's justice rolls down like water. In such a nation, all people have equal access to the goods and services of that place. All people know inherently, know in the depth of their soul, that their primary responsibility and goal is the welfare, the shalom of all people. None are excluded from that. All people of such a nation know that when one member suffers, when any member suffers, all will suffer together. When the early Christians identified Jesus with Isaiah's servant song here, they implied, whether they knew it or not, that Jesus' primary goal in his earthly ministry, was to bring justice. To bring justice to the nations and to root it deeply into the soil of the world. But how is the servant supposed to do this? To bring justice to the earth. And this is when Isaiah surprises us. Perhaps Isaiah will even surprise you this morning. Now, just like his prophetic counterparts who are praying that justice roll down like waters, Isaiah proclaims clearly and prophetically he will bring forth justice to the nations. But, but unlike his prophetic counterparts, this servant of the Lord who brings forth justice as Isaiah describes. Well, this servant will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break. A dimly burning wick he will not quench. Keep in mind, we're holding this alongside. He also will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth. God's justice is coming. There is no question about it, but God's servant, God's servant described here in Isaiah, will bring about justice quietly and softly and tenderly and unassumingly. Holbert proclaims we will hardly know this servant is at work at all. Justice will come. 
but it will come in ways that we rarely can know or appreciate if it's truly the justice God calls us to do. Now it is easy, it's easy, especially in today's world, to hear the word justice and think that justice requires megaphones and marching in the street. And sometimes, if we hold Isaiah's counterparts alongside him here, sometimes justice does call for that. But more often than not, justice is a lot more quiet, a lot more soft and tender and private, a bruised reed that won't be broken, a dimly lit candle that won't be quenched. It's a lot more about what's happening behind closed doors than what's out in the streets for the public to view. Justice looks like dozens of backpacks filled with supplies, ready to give high school students an easier start to the year. Justice looks like hundreds, I mean hundreds, of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches made in quiet kitchens each week to feed those who wouldn't otherwise have lunch. Justice looks like visits made to the loneliest and most isolated among us without telling anyone that you even visited. Justice looks like wrestling in your soul long into the night when you know you've hurt someone you love or you know your own bias or prejudice has gotten the best of you today. Justice looks like pots of soup tended week after week in an aging kitchen so that that soup can nourish an eight-year-old boy like Nicholas who didn't even know that soup could come in something other than a can. Justice looks like an errand run, a meal prepared, a hand held, or a willingness to say, you don't have to say a thing, but I'll be right here anyway. These may not seem like big things, but they are new things that God is always doing among us and through us and within us. See, the former things have come to pass, God proclaims in the ninth verse, and new things I now declare, new signs of justice and life and peace and mercy, new reminders of God's love and God's provision and God's fierce protection of the vulnerable and the weak. Sometimes when we imagine God doing a new thing, we imagine it must be grand plans and monumental ideas. But God reminds us that new things can also be very small things. Because the work of justice is all of our work. However small the act, however little known the deed. For we are reminded by our Savior, who was the servant of all, as much as you have done to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you have done it to me, and for me, and with me. Acts of justice, friends, come in all shapes and sizes, but each one is as significant as the next. Look, the former things have passed, new things I now declare, says Isaiah. The former absence of justice has now been forgiven by Yahweh, by God, but the new demands for justice have been issued again. And they will be again. And they will be again because that work of justice awaits us all.
We may not know exactly who it was Isaiah was referring to all those years ago, but we do know. We do know it is our responsibility to hear this text as Jesus heard it with our whole hearts and then to respond as he did again and again and again with our whole lives. May it be so in the kingdom God is calling us to serve. Amen. and proclaimed this day. Please stand and join together in affirming our faith through the words of a brief statement of faith. Together, let us state what we believe. We trust in God, whom Jesus called Abba, Father. In sovereign love, God created the world good. God acts with justice and mercy to redeem creation. In everlasting love, the God of Abraham and Sarah chose a covenant people to bless all families of the earth. Hearing their cry, God delivered the children of Israel from the house of bondage. Loving us still, God makes us heirs with Christ of the covenant like a mother who will not forsake her nursing child, like a father who runs to welcome the prodigal home. God is faithful still. Amen. Please remain standing and join together in singing hymn number 286, Breathe on Me, Breath of God. My friends, we come to this table today gathered around a table that is the Lord's alone. It is not my table, it is not Alex's table, it is not a table owned by Morrisville Presbyterian Church. This is the Lord's table. A table where all are welcome, a table where hate has no home, a table where the people of God 
are empowered here for the work of justice in this world again and again and again. This is not a table where reservations are needed or where seats of honor are given to those that the world holds up on high. In fact, this is a table that Jesus would leave in order to seek out someone who had no place. This is a table that Jesus would abandon if there was, were placeholders being used to separate one from another. This is a table Jesus would not hesitate to turn over if it was being corrupted by the divisiveness, divisiveness and hatred and injustice of this world. Because, friends, this is not, it never was, and it never will be our table. This is the Lord's table. And our Savior invites those who trust in him to partake of the feast that he has prepared. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Lord, it is indeed right to give you thanks, and we praise you for your love. Your love that brings order out of chaos, that breathes life into dust, that leads captives into freedom. God, we bear witness to and express our gratitude for your power in calling wandering children home, in giving bread to the hungry, in giving drink to the thirsty, in raising the dead to life. God, you sent your Son to us who knows our weariness and silent tears, the fear we have known this week of flooding streets and tornadoes, the hesitation and uncertainty we face in a new school year, the mourning we have with the loss of companions. And yet, at this table, your spirit beckons us to come. Come and receive the nourishment of soul and heart. Come and celebrate the gifts of life. Come and experience our God. So gracious God, Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these gifts of bread and cup, so that your people who grieve may know your restoring power, and that your people who celebrate may increase that joy in community. We pray all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Beloved Church, on the night that Jesus was arrested, he took bread, having blessed it, he gave thanks, and he broke it. He gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body, given for you. Every time you eat of it, do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup, and he said, This cup is the new covenant and it's sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do so remembering me. For my friends, as often as we eat of this bread and we drink of this cup, we proclaim the saving death of our risen Lord until he comes again. My friends, today we will receive the Lord's Supper similar to the way we would in Tinction. You'll be invited to come forward by way of the center aisle, and you will be handed this small chalice. On the bottom, there is a wafer. That is the body of Christ broken for you. And on the top, there is a small cup of juice. 
the blood of Christ shed for you. There are gluten-free cups available at the front of the table. We invite you to come forward and receive one of these cups and return to your seat where you may briefly remove your mask, partake of the elements, and then please put your mask back on. If you are unable to come forward, Nancy Kernan will be happy to come around and serve you where you are seated. So friends, come you who have much faith, and come you who would desperately like to have more. Come you who have been to this table often, come you who haven't been in a very, very long time. Come you who have tried to follow Jesus, and come you who have failed at that again and again. Come, friends, for this table is ready, and these gifts of God are for the people of God. Come. Let us pray. Holy God, giver of bread and cup and life, send us from your table in confidence that we are your own children, born of the Spirit, fed at your table, 
filled with your grace, sent to speak your truth, and breathe new life into your world, called to be your servants. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. As you are able, let us stand and join together in singing hymn number 543, God be the love to search and keep me. Friends, having been nourished at the table of our Lord, let us go out into the world sharing God's justice in small ways, in tender ways, in quiet ways, reminded that we are a part of God's kingdom, and God has called us to usher that kingdom in in the ways we are able. Friends, as we go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, be with those you are called to love, this day and forevermore. And together we say, Amen. Amen.